today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. We need every single part of the body. Each member of Jesus' body is there for a reason. There are no extraneous appendages. Sometimes in the human body, we have these things like an appendix that you think, well, I'm just the appendix. I mean, I could be there, I could not be there. It doesn't really matter, you know? If I'm there on Sunday, if I'm not there on Sunday, it doesn't make a big deal. You know, yeah, I'm just like the appendix. It could take me, you could leave me, it'll be, the body will be fine. But in God's building project, there are no extraneous members. They, everybody is meant to be there for a reason. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Hope in God, He's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. As a Christian, you are an essential part of the body of Christ. You've been given by God specific spiritual gifts and talents that He wants you to use in order to bring Him glory and to help further His kingdom here on earth. If you're not sure what your spiritual gifts are, pray to the Lord and ask Him to reveal them to you. God desires you to know what His will for your life is. So when you pray, expect an answer. Whatever your gifts may be, purpose to use them and get involved at church. Now, here's Pastor Ricky with his continuing study entitled, The Same Kind of Different. Our God is not a stingy, mean king that is calling on us for silly tasks, okay? He is the sovereign creator of the universe who's launched a plan of redemption to restore all things and brought us along into that plan. But friends, what we have in terms of gifts are not ours, and we must remember that. When our king says, I love you. I've showered you with gifts. I want to invite you to join me with the gifts I've given you in what I am doing. There's something in our hearts that should go, yes, yes, I am a steward. I don't own this thing. I want to use it to serve you. Now, let me address our church just for a second. Um, over the past few years, there have been a, there's been a lot of change in our church. Uh, we still have a, a kind of a core of longtime members um, we've also got a lot of new folks from the past few years. Now, there's a danger in that, though. There, the danger is that we can kind of be caught in the middle of these two groups, that the people that have been maybe part of the church for a long time might feel unnecessary or even unwanted or see people, new people serving in ways and go, you know, well, that's great. I, I guess they don't need me, or I guess they've got it. I guess I don't have to serve or help anymore. And then the new folks could go, kind of come in the doors, and when you guys come in, look, I mean, the chairs were set up, right? Somebody's running the sound booth. There's somebody's playing music. Somebody's teaching the Bible. The thing looks painted. It doesn't look like decrepit or falling apart necessarily, and so, so you go, okay, well, you know what? That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad they've got this covered. Thank you. I enjoy this, right? And the, the danger is that each group over time could think, well, you've got this, right? Like the new people think, you, the longtime members, you're, you, you got the whole running of the church thing, and then the, the longtime members go, hey, the new people, I'm so glad that they're here. You guys got the stuff we're doing before, right? And what happens is neither, neither group actually carries the ministry of the church forward. And so I want to speak into that for a minute. I want to encourage our newer members and encourage our longtime members. First, the newer members. If, you're, if, if you've come and been blessed by the ministry of Cross of Grace and made kind of a faith-filled commitment, that I want to be here, I want to serve 
Uh, we rejoice in that. We are so grateful to have you as part of what God is doing in our church. But I wanna give this encouragement. If, if you believe God has called you to be here, then we want you to be all here. Um, I'm gonna just, just be really blunt. Uh, our church probably has a 20 to 25% um, uh, group of people that are transient people. They're military people. They're temporary people. They're, they're uh, government workers or med students or college students or whatever. It probably may even be higher now percentage-wise than that. So if we're at 20 to 30% of our church is that population, if we do not build a culture in that group that those people take ownership of the church and serve and invest and love, this church cannot make it. Because we cannot, over time, have like 50% of the church that is disconnected and only being served and 50% of the church that is serving. It's going to kill the 50% over time, and it's just not sustainable. But, but I'm excited because among the people that God has brought that are going to be here for three or four years or a year or whatever, um, the, the general pattern has been that those folks do jump in and get involved. They do jump in and serve and give of their lives and give of themselves to this body. And I am so grateful. But what we must do is we, we have got to keep building that culture in the church in order for us to even make it as a church. And so we need you. If you're a new member, um, don't think, well, I, I'm only going to be here for a little bit or, you know, I don't know that many people. Friend, we would love to help you find a place to serve or a place to plug in or a place to be a blessing to a community group. We love that. We need that. And listen, if you're a longtime member, I want you to hear this. So much of the good that has happened in the past few years has been because you invested year after year after year after year. I was joking with some of the members at the members meeting on last Sunday night and said, man, there were some lean years in there, weren't there? There were lean years where our worship team was Danny and another person and literally nobody that had any kind of rhythm, you know, drum thing. And so they were reduced to one of those little MIDI um, like drum machines from the 80s where you go, I mean, that is a lean season, man. I mean, if you got a piano and a drum machine and you're like making it work and people kept coming faithfully because they believed in something better than, okay, the band was awesome today. And listen, if, you, if you've been one of those people, we are so grateful for you. I am personally so grateful for you. And I want you to see any of the good that is happening as due in large part to your faithful investment. And then on the heels of that, I want to say this. We still need you. We've needed you for, for a long time, and we still need you now. In some ways, we need you more than we ever have before. As God has brought us new people, we need folks that will help and disciple and integrate them and love them and practice hospitality to them. We need every single part of the body, each member of Jesus' body is there for a reason. There are no extraneous appendages. Sometimes in the human body, we have these things like an appendix that you think, well, I'm just the appendix. I mean, I could be there, I could not be there. It doesn't really matter, you know? If I'm there on Sunday, if I'm not there on Sunday, it doesn't make a big deal. You know, yeah, I'm just like the appendix. It could take me, you could leave me. It'll be, the body will be fine. But in God's building project, there are no extraneous members. They, everybody is meant to be there for a reason, and we need you. And point number three... Not everyone is the same, and this is good. 
Um, notice that Peter refers to us as being stewards of God's varied grace. In other words, God doesn't just hand out the one standard issue gift for every Christian, right? It's not just a standard issue. Oh, you have the gift of, you know, that's what all Christians get. No, it's varied. I mean, imagine trying to build a house with just bricks and nothing else. You have no mortar. You have no roofing materials. You have nothing. You have bricks. Now, could you build something that sort of looks like a house? Maybe. Your dining table would be weird, but maybe you could build something but it wouldn't be near as effective as having beams and flooring and roof tiles and um, all kinds of other stuff. And so Peter gives some examples. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. And so Peter doesn't give a lengthy list of gifts here. He just gives two big categories. Now, these aren't meant to be comprehensive. Um, No gift list in the New Testament is supposed to be totally comprehensive because each person is individually and specifically gifted. But there there is a big category of speech gifts and a big category of serving gifts. So he says, if you speak, speak as one who speaks oracles of God. Now, that doesn't mean that we want you to wear like an Old Testament robe and come in on Sunday and stumble around because you've been living in the desert or the wilderness and interrupt worship by saying, thus saith the Lord. You know, it's some weird like 10 commandments voice. That's not what Peter means. When he means the oracles of God, he essentially means that's an Old Testament term for God's revelation. So Peter is not encouraging them to speak new scriptures. He's encouraging them actually toward the opposite, that if you speak and serve people through your speech gift, speak God's words. Speak words that line up with the words of God that he's already laid out in the Old Testament. Speak as those Old Testament words were spoken. Now, this can take many forms. It can include formal teaching roles. Um, It it can include participating in a Bible study. It can include offering encouragement to someone who is suffering. It It can include counseling someone with a big life decision. If you are gifted to use your words to build up the body, speak in line with the words of God and use the words of God to build up those around you. If you serve, then, he says, serve by the strength that God supplies. So don't just serve in whatever you can come up with, but serve with God's strength. This includes all kinds of ministries in the New Testament, like mercy ministry or care to those in need, or just serving in the church um, in a ministry like kids ministry or worship ministry. It includes uh, hosting people over, having hospitality. It, It the point is, whatever you were doing, if, if you're serving oriented, you think, I don't like talking to people, but I love organizing meals when somebody has a baby, or I love helping folks that seem like they may be in need, the, the encouragement is, do that in the strength of God. And so these things are actually parallel. If you're supposed to be, if you, if you have a speech kind of gift, if you're good at talking to folks and building up the church that way, use God's words to build up the church. If you're good at serving, use God's strength to build up the church. Either way, you're using God's resources, listen, that have been stewarded to you to serve the body. So what are your gifts? Uh, Let me submit to you that that while you might be stronger in speaking or serving, 
Um, to some degree, both should be present in every Christian. Somebody probably has an orientation to one or the other, but it doesn't mean that you're like, oh, you show up at a community group and they're like, we'd love to do a snack list. And you say, no, no I have a, I've got a speaking gift. It's not, what, it's not what Peter is talking about. But you will have an emphasis in one area. Um, even if you're not called to preach, you're called to share encouragement with people in need. If you're not a gifted administrator, you're called to clean up after your community group. Um, or show up on a Saturday to help a widow in need. But you probably have an emphasis on one side or the other. And here's a couple ways to get at that. One is talk to people that are closest to you and ask them, okay, what does it seem like I'm helpful in when I serve people? Do you think there's words that I say are helpful to people in different contexts? Do you think I'm good at serving? And listen, serving is such a huge category. Sometimes we need people that'll do the logistics of the serving. Sometimes we need people with specific skills to maybe help an older widow's home renovation or something like that. Uh, There's all kinds of categories. So just just ask people around you, what does it seem like I could contribute to the the body here? And, And look at things you're naturally kind of inclined to do already, if you're seeing needs in your community group, you probably are seeing needs, or you're seeing needs in the church, you're probably seeing needs because you are oriented to fill those needs. And you're going, why doesn't anybody see this? We should be doing this. That maybe the Lord's saying, tapping you on the shoulder and saying, oh, looks like somebody has an orientation toward that way. I wonder who could serve there, right? The Lord is, is drawing you sometimes to things where you see needs to fill those needs, um, another way to do it is to go, what do people often ask you for help with? Uh, do people go to you for counsel? Do people go um, and love to, to, to hear what you've been reading lately? Um, do, do people ask you for help in organizing parties? What, what are the things that you're naturally drawn into? And ask, Lord, how can I use this gift well to serve the body? Now, I'm gonna address one other category here. I'm gonna put up, um, God willing, I'm going to put up a, a blog post this week that has some additional thoughts on how to get kind of at exactly what your gifting is uh, with some categories of gifting and how to think that through. Uh, so I'm not going to go into that in detail now, but I do want to address one other area just on the topic of not everyone is the same and this is good, okay? On that topic, uh, I'm going to move from gifting, and I'm going to just drop into diversity in the church for a second. So Peter is talking about gifting diversity, but the same principle gets applied toward any diversity in the church, with Jews and Gentiles, to people with different ethnic backgrounds. And so I want to just address this issue in our church as well. Our latest new members class was really representative of a trend in, in our church, that we have more ethnic diversity than we have had before through students and other people. Uh, we have more age diversity in our church than we have had before. We have more geographic diversity from people coming from a horizon or the far west side or wherever. We have more job diversity with med students and military people and fed workers and, and teachers and everybody in between. And El Paso as a group is largely a big block of Hispanic people spread across several subcultures. So kind of first generation, second generation, third generation, or different areas, lower valley, west side, et cetera, et cetera. Now our church is, and I don't think this is an exaggeration, our church is more diverse um, than the average kind of straight demographics of El Paso. And I want to say that I think that this is good. And I think biblically this is good. But 
in light of this, we do not have a strong majority culture in the church, so everybody who comes here feels like a minority. And this can cause people to feel out of place, can cause people to go, okay, well, are there really people like me here? Am I okay here? Can I really become part of this group of people? So here's some ideas for how to respond to this. I think we as a church should be good at celebrating God-given diversity, both corporately and on a community group level and on a personal level. We should thank God for people that are different from us. If, if you are looking around at your group or your church, you're kind of part of the church or your circle of friends and thinking, these people are not really like me, God would say, that's good. That's good. God has you in fellowship with them to better display the diversity of Jesus Christ and his church. So in in your small group, for example, instead of letting people feel awkward that maybe they're different from the other folks in the group, point out their contribution and celebrate it and say, hey, that's a perspective that I hadn't even heard before. I really need that. Thank you for bringing that. We want to thank those people. We want to encourage those people. Second, I want to encourage you to personally go outside of your tribe. Um, Even in a church like ours, there's a temptation to hang out with people that are like you. Um, If you're if you're an average El Paso and you think, man, the military people, I just don't, I don't know anything going on with their world. They seem so structured. They seem like they're always in and out. I never know how to relate to them. Maybe God is calling you to strike up a friendship there. If you're a military person that you're here and you're like, this is great. I love attending the church. I don't, I don't get these people in El Paso. They're weird. They drive badly. I don't understand what's going on here. So I don't want to be friends with them. God may be calling you to go outside of your tribe and find people to build relationships with. And I want to encourage all of us with one thing that really, I can't believe I'm encouraging us toward this, but it's counterintuitive, and I hope you'll hear me out on this. I think with our church, in community groups, and on Sunday, we also need to be intentional with average El Pasoans. When I say this, uh, many of the average El Pasoan folks are Hispanic, but not always. They're they're Anglo people, African-American people, all kinds of people. But we're used to sort of one kind of culture, and I grew up in El Paso, so I get this, one kind of culture being the dominant culture and dominant feel of the city in El Paso. And you get comfortable with that. But when you come to our church, it's a different culture. Where in, in, in kind of in a sense, everybody is a minority when you come to our church. And so here's what I'll encourage you to do. Let's be as intentional and helpful and welcoming with average El Pasoans as we are with people that's like, oh man, you're from where? Wow, I wanna go get to meet you. Um, I've watched our church do an awesome job, grow in our heart toward hospitality. But sometimes when folks from El Paso that are just average folks, grown up here, been here for many years, um, maybe there's not even a sense of urgency. Well, they're not leaving soon. They'll be around. I can, I can connect with them over time. I want to encourage us, let's be as intentional with those folks as we are with anyone else. Because those folks need to be welcomed in the diversity that God is building as well. So to sum all of this up, I just want to ask this question. Are you doing your part to celebrate what God has done and is doing? Are you, are you looking for what the specific contribution that you should be making? And I want to, I want to ask you this on a, on a personal level, on a community group level, and a church level. So start with the church level. On the church level, we have lots of teams on Sunday morning. And our goal would be, man, if you're not serving on a team on Sunday morning, we would love for you to serve on a team on Sunday morning. There are teams that are super easy to serve on, like you stand at the front and you greet people and you say hi, right? Anyone can do that. You can do that. You say, well, my gift is serving. I don't have a speech gift. You can do it. Uh, believe in you. 
Um, new teams, like the, the design team that we're trying to start, the worship team, the kids ministry team, we would love for you to be involved on that level, but we'd also love for you to be involved on a community group level. Community groups should not be places where we all come and the leader kind of like just does all the work. It's like, all right, what do you got? You know, you show up in the community group, you've had a hard day, and you kind of sit down in the community group, and you're like, all right, man, I hope somebody does something because I don't feel great right now. No, you should go to your community group oriented to, okay, what can I do to serve this group? How can I encourage people in this group? Is there anything that the community group leader needs that I can assist them with? So talk to your leader. Say, is there anything, any ways that I can serve you? I love our group because we have some folks that, that keep kind of our prayer leaders and keep lists of prayers and follow up and share praise reports, which is awesome. Some folks that coordinate stacks, some folks that host the meetings, different guys that like kind of lead the Bible study. I think our group should reflect this as well. And then just on a personal level, the people that God has put in your life, how can you serve them? And last, um, I want to hit the, this very last point that every, every person, each one has the same purpose. The verse ends, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Now, the thing that distinguishes God's building ultimately is that it is incredibly diverse, but also incredibly united. See, what would unite people of different ethnicities and backgrounds, of different levels of of skill in different areas, of, of different experiences, what would bring all of these people together to proclaim Christ as part of the same building? It's this, it's this single-minded desire that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And this is a cumulative effect of everything that Peter has been saying before. Why should there be in your heart a desire that God be glorified? Peter has told us, because God has called you out of darkness, because God has exchanged places as the righteous for the unrighteous, because he has brought us to himself, because he has brought us to life, because he sustains us every day, because he is preparing for us an inheritance that is undefiled and unfading and kept in heaven for us. And the cumulative effect of that should be on us, Lord, how can I glorify you? See, Peter knows that they have this heart. He's not trying to work this heart up in them. All that he's told them should be creating this heart. And, and essentially, he just points them in a direction. He says, listen, by you contributing your part with many diverse people built up in love, you know what's gonna happen? God will be glorified in Jesus Christ. And that little tiny echo in your community group or in your church will be an echo of the eternal to him belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We are not reluctant vassals hearing the call of our king. We are people who have been rescued and redeemed and therefore desire to give joyfully, answering his call. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he's strong to save. Hope in God, he's a rock and you hide in place. He's a mighty fortress. Hope is something that many people have little of, and yet we clamor for the latest this or that, believing that our longing for hope will be fulfilled. 
Pastor Ricky will be teaching through the book of 1 Peter here on Better News Radio. We'll learn that hope is something that is beyond this world and that our lives will become holy once we hope in the eternal. For more information, email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 915-562-7100. You can learn more about Better News Radio, Cross of Grace Church, and Pastor Ricky at our website, betternewsradio.com. All of Pastor Ricky's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at betternewsradio.com. That's betternewsradio.com. You'll also find contact information, driving directions to the church, and details about activities and upcoming events on our website. We also encourage you to follow the Better News Radio Twitter feed at Cross of Grace EP, where Ricky tweets additional thoughts about the messages you hear on Better News Radio. Or connect with us on Facebook at Cross of Grace EP. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Better News Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Better News Radio. Better News Radio.